ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, April 3rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite Ultra, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer, of course. I'm redirecting all the phone traffic over to Twitter. At Paul Swan is where you can find me on social media, and we can have a conversation there. As again, we are under a lockdown. No more sport until further notice is what we're at right now. So we're still dealing with that. How are you guys holding up? I mean, we're getting to that point now. It hasn't been that long, but already people are, are getting stir-crazy. If they haven't already, we should be getting into the early parts of baseball right now. The NFL still thinks it's going. And that's interesting to me because college football, the NFL, optimistic I don't think it's misplaced optimism. I just think that they're being optimistic and I'm maybe being a little bit more pragmatic about it. I don't know when this is going to end, but here's an interesting quote from not only a doctor, but a doctor in the NFL. That's the big one. Dr. Alan Sills says certain conditions must be met for the season to start on time and He said, quote, as long as we're still in a place where when a single individual tests positive for the virus, that you have to quarantine every single person who was in contact with them in any shape, form or fashion, then I don't think you can begin to think about reopening a team sport. This is what he said to NFL.com, because, quote, we're going to have positive cases for a very long time. And again, This is on NFL.com. You want to read everything in context. But I thought that was an interesting quote because it puts into perspective why I don't think we're going to have this anytime soon. Now, I could be wrong. We could have sport in the next few months. It could happen. We could have the football season. I think what's going to happen also is we're going to have a a gluttony of sports. We're going to have sports on top of each other because baseball is going to play their season. If we're playing sports – If we are playing games, we're going to see sports on top of each other. I mean, I thought there was um, maybe the possibility we could get the the Stanley Cup in. This is going to be a a short-lived quarantine, but it doesn't feel that way right now. And the NBA Finals, I thought we could maybe just get the the playoffs in. I don't know if that's going to happen. There's even some talk that this could for the NBA, be an opportunity for them to go to Vegas and play without fans in Vegas. So you could have programming. You would keep everyone quarantined. You would have everyone isolated, of course, and you would have them at just specific team facilities, but test everyone, make sure they're good, then quarantine them, keep them away from people, and then go and play and a separate neutral location. It sounds surreal. It sounds interesting, but it sounds surreal. 
because I just don't know if I want to watch team sports without a crowd. I don't know if that's going to be as exciting. I don't know where the energy is because I think really the energy of the arena does matter. It plays a lot into the game itself, the excitement, the just, again, the energy. That's the best way I can describe it. There is a lack of energy in so many venues, you can feel it. So if there's not energy there, but again, it's programming, it's content, it would help ease the burden that we're seeing. I know right now a lot of stories are happening because, after all, we need things to talk about. When you cover sports and when you do sports journalism and there are people who very livelihood revolves around their journalism and their coverage of sports, we're trying to come up with stuff. And I know that there's a lot of people who are right now looking at canceling sports packages Say on DirecTV, asking for a refund, Comcast, all the other sports outlets, everywhere you can get sports on your TV package. But you're not having much success because you call up, say, Comcast and say, look, I'm not getting what I'm paying for here, so I want a refund. I want a credit. And that's not happening. I mean, they're still providing you ESPN, even though ESPN is a wasteland right now. And so... All of the other outlets, you know, NHL Network is, is showing some classic games. NFL Network, I think, is going to show some classic games. CBS, ESPN showing classic games, and that's fine. That's that's filling a void. Some of that's interesting. And there's a bunch of games that are coming on tonight, college basketball, that might be interesting if you haven't seen them. We'll talk about that later. Also, there's some original programming coming up tonight. How many of you are going to sit back and watch basketball players play video game basketball. How many of you are going to watch? I'm curious. I might tune into that. I might look at that a little bit and see what it looks like, how it's set up, how they're going to do it. I'm interested. And we'll go from there because I don't know how much interest will there be. But I remember ESPN a few years ago, they started showing eSports, and it was fascinating. I mean, there was a crowd there. There was energy. It was against... Uh, college teams, there were actually college teams involved in this. And it was one of those team-like sports. I'm not an eSport guy. I'm going to be quite honest with you here. I'm not that up on things like League of Legends and uh, all those other battle games. I know the kids like Fortnite. I know John Elmore liked Fortnite a couple years ago. I know that. I mean, I, I know enough. I know more than most, but I, I don't I don't live that culture. So I know that's a thing. But ESPN experimented and started showing that. And, and other networks are showing these esports. I know there's a big tournament with Madden every year. I actually watched a little bit of that. I know they do the same thing for FIFA, and that's a big deal. And there's an NHL tournament. EA Sports, with all of their sports platforms on the video game consoles, they like to have these tournaments. People like to get into these tournaments. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll watch a little Madden now and then. Just It's fascinating. But is that going to be where we go now for at least a short term? Is that going to maybe spur the growth and the popularity? All of a sudden, are we going to be talking a little bit more about eSports? Am I going to be talking about digital superstars? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to. I don't see that. 
maybe in the short term. Maybe it's also a generational thing. Maybe it's just this isn't going to be the platform for that. Can you imagine? I'm talking about trades between E-teams. I'm talking about player performance and E-teams. Is that where we're going? But with that said, the NBA, they're putting on an event. Here's the schedule. Uh, you got it's all on ESPN tonight, starting at 7:30, and there's actually a pre-show. I don't know if I'm tuning in for that. I might. See, I can talk about the sports video games. I can talk this. You know, the other stuff maybe not so much, but I can do this. And so you got Derek Jones versus Kevin Durant tonight at 7:30, and then you got uh, Zach Levine versus DeAndre Anton at 8:30 p.m. Trey Young versus Harrison Barnes at 9.30 p.m. And then Hassan Whiteside. I'll be rooting for Hassan. I'm going to support the Marshall guy. You know I am. He'll be taking on Patrick Beverly, and that's at 10.30 p.m. tonight. All these games, except the first one, will be on ESPN2. Derek Jones and Kevin Durant, that's going to be on ESPN. So ESPN, ESPN2, throwing some programming. It's a novel idea. It's interesting. I'm going to watch for KD. Definitely watching for KD. I'm definitely going to watch for Hassan Whiteside. I'm going to watch a little bit of that. This isn't a new concept, mind you, but you got names behind it. And I'm interested to see how this plays compared to what NASCAR is doing because I think what NASCAR is doing is fantastic. I'm not a NASCAR fan. Not really. I find the last 20 laps really interesting and fascinating. And if I could get... That kind of excitement out of the entire race, maybe I'm a NASCAR fan, but I usually, if I'm going to keep eye on the race, I'm going to tune in maybe with 20, 30 laps. Because that's when all the fun happens for me. It's not all the stuff in the middle. I'm not really interested in tire pressure and and how much gasoline that one car has of the other or the fact that he's running on two tires or four you know, what kind of tire shape is, is what, yeah, you, you, you get what I'm saying, the minutia. I'm not into the minutia of that. But you get the last 20 laps and they're just racing and rubbing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. But with that said, I thought that what NASCAR and Indy, they're doing with the iRacing, that's fascinating. That's really interesting. Maybe, just maybe, that's going to convert a few more people into NASCAR. It's a possibility because you look at it, I mean, kids, that's a video game. Kids already watch. I mean, they're already trained for this. They're already trained for this because kids are watching Twitch. They're watching Mixer. They're watching YouTube. They're watching other people play video games. It used to be you played video games, but now you're watching your favorite streamer play video games. And a lot of it's personality. A lot of it's the game itself, but a lot of it's the personality behind it. I mean, it's an interesting marriage of concepts between people who are personalities and video games. It's really fascinating. And you'll see kids just play this stuff for hours, and you're thinking, why aren't you just playing it? Why aren't you just doing that yourself? But they're already trained to do this. And so this is just going to be a a conversion over into that realm. I don't know. Yeah, you got somebody who's been watching NASCAR 40, 50 years. Are they going to tune in and watch a little eye racing? Maybe. You got NBA fans. Actually, I think younger NBA fans probably will tune into this. Maybe older as well. 
I don't think you're going to get that 50-, 60-year-old NBA veteran, that NBA fan who's been watching the league forever, is going to tune into this maybe. Maybe they'll look it over once. I don't know. But with that said, if you're a sports fan, you're dying right now. And, of course, this is baseball season to me. That's the thing. This is baseball season, and baseball is sort of like that sonic backdrop for me. Always been something I just put on behind me. I can do other things. Maybe I'm watching something and I've got the game on a little bit behind me so I can keep an ear on it. Or maybe I'm reading. Maybe I'm just doing activities and I've got the game behind me. You know, that's it's sort of it's, it's active-passive at the same time. I know when something happens. And other times you're just you're listening to baseball because of the stories. Let's be honest. You tune in to a baseball broadcast, your team can be terrible, but at the same time, you're still tuned in because you've grown accustomed to having those voices in your daily life and their stories and what they're doing. I mean, it's really it's almost like talk radio with a game. You tune in every day to your favorite announcer and you grow up and you become a fan. And if you're a fan of a certain team, maybe that announcer is someone you're a fan of because of that. Or maybe you're just a fan of that announcer and don't care about the team. I mean, it could work both ways. That's the dilemma here. We don't have that. We don't have that sonic background. Yesterday, I listened to the Pirates game from 2013. I knew what was going to happen. I knew everything. I remember the game. I remember the outcome. I remember how it went down. And with that said... It just felt right. It felt normal to have that as a background because of the sounds of baseball. It's just it's my sonic background, and I think that's what a lot of people are missing right now. And I, I don't know if things like this with the 2K on ESPN that's going to really sate that appetite for sports. We get to the NFL draft. That's going to maybe help a little bit just for a couple of days because, again, the NFL draft is really a big deal for NFL teams, if they do it right, I think it still can be interesting. As a Bengals fan, of course, number one overall pick, I'm going to be interested to see what the Bengals do in their draft. And it's sort of the game within the game. Like, okay, you got the quarterback. What do you do now? Who's on the board? What needs do you have? It's sort of a game within a game. It's a mini game, really. I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do, and the analysts are trying to figure out what they're going to do. The team's playing. It's sort of like a real-life game. Okay, so-and-so is not on the board. We wanted him. What's our next option? We only have a few minutes to make our – we have to take our turn. We have to take our turn. It's like role-playing almost. Like, okay, here's our move. A lot more happening in sports today. Uh, We're going to keep it Conference USA-centric when we continue. A lot of things happening. A lot of things could be happening, and it's going to really, I think, be fodder for us for the next few weeks. Old Dominion – dropping a program, going to be cutting some expenses, and I'm going to see athletic programs, I'm sure, do that more in the future. We'll talk about that more when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. 
So how much of a change will we see when we get back to some semblance of order, something that resembles getting back to our lives? How much of a change will our lives have gone through? Well, I don't know. It's going to be an individual case-by-case for each of us. But as far as the things we do, sports, athletic events, I think the pro sports will be okay, a little bit more so than the college athletics side of things, because it's such a different animal. The pros, television contracts, they've got revenue sources. They can make this happen. They can make this work. But with college athletics, you got the haves, you got the have-nots, you've got a system that feeds itself and it depends on more money, more money. And it's just not surprising to me that a lot of athletic departments, they don't have a rainy day fund. They don't have really the revenue to sit back and weather the storm here because, well, they're too busy spending it. They're spending it and they're increasing what they spend it on. And you got to have the latest, greatest facilities and you've got to have high profile contracts and you've got to spend, 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 spend. And so when you have a downturn, guess what? You don't have that money in reserve. And I think that's going to really change college athletics in the future because you're going to see athletic directors, you're going to see institutions, you're going to see the sport. And I truly believe this. It's going to redefine itself. It's going to evaluate, okay, what really makes sense? What are we doing wrong financially? What are we doing wrong as an organization? What are we doing wrong as a conference? What are we doing wrong as a team? And Conference USA... And if you read any of um, Harry Minium, you read him, you read a lot of the coverage that comes from Old Dominion's media. They do a great job of covering Conference USA, Old Dominion. It seems that Conference USA is starting to look at ways to maybe prepare for this, this new reality. They're considering a series of changes to regular season scheduling and championships in order to reduce costs because of the expected financial impact from the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, a lot of this is coming from Old Dominion Athletic Director Dr. Wood Selig. He is chairing the group called the Futures Planning Committee. And they're meeting twice a week. They're considering lots of changes, honestly to improve the experience for athletes and to trim budget cost. Because here are where Conference USA schools spend the most money. Regular season schedule and championship events. That's where the expenses come out the most. And they're going to explore every single sport. They're going to look at the scheduling model for the regular season. They're going to see what they can do differently. They're going to try to figure out how can we, as a league, run this more efficiently? How can we get the most for our money? How can we do this better? I'm thinking you have to go into group settings. You have to go into a system where the geography matters. I don't want to see Marshall playing the teams on the west side. I really don't. Maybe in a championship setting, sure. Maybe in a tournament setting, sure. That'd be fine. I get that. I understand that. But especially in football, I don't need to see that. 
it's interesting, but it's not necessary. And the same thing, really, if you're looking at where you can save some money, I'm sure you look at the Olympic sports. Does softball need to travel as far? And I don't know how each individual coach feels about the schedule, but at the same time, does softball need to travel to Texas? Does volleyball need to travel to Texas? Now, coaches might say, sure, but where's the cost to benefit on that? I mean, where's the return on investment? Do you need all of that? Does Marshall and the east side of the conference need to maybe just play each other? Is that something they're looking at? I mean, we could go so far with this. We can go on and on and on about some of the things that they're trying to do, some of the things that they're looking at. And I think it's going to be from every sport, not just football, but basketball, softball, soccer, some sports you don't have a full complement of school. So, I mean, tennis, I think tennis does it okay. Just going to have to look at the schedule and figure out what's going to happen. But I don't see, at least in the short term, I don't think we're going to see sports cut. I don't see that yet. Each school has its own priority. Each school has its own budget. And their mileage may vary. I don't know if that's going to happen in the short term anyway. Because we're only a few weeks into this. We don't know. But the operating budgets are going to get hit. And they're going to get hit hard. And depending on what level you are, you could maybe weather it. Or are we going to see furloughs? Are we going to see reduction in staff? Sort of, we're going to have to cut back a little bit until we get back to a more active point. Are we going to see that? Are we going to see maybe reduction in salary? Are we going to see travel restrictions? What are we going to see? What's it going to look like? What's the future of Conference USA, what's the future of some of the other conferences? What are the college football conferences going to do? Are we going to see, and I've suggested this, and it's come up from others as well, we're going to see maybe a truncated season where you have a conference schedule only. You're playing those conference games, and you're not playing the non-conference games. You're not playing them. Now, that's going to be really hard for some schools because that's where the money's coming from. Those non-conference games... That's where you're getting paid. You're playing usually on the road. You're playing a larger school, a school with more money. You're playing a school that needs a game. And so you're going to get a certain amount of money on a given Saturday. And that's a pretty good paycheck. You're going to get your nice paycheck. You're going to play the game. Maybe you can win. Maybe you don't. Doesn't matter. You're getting paid. It's going to pay for other things and operation of the program. And then you're going to come back home, play in front of your fans. And another thing is, how devastated will fans in the stands be? And what I mean by that is, I know there's a lot of you that nothing more would make you happy than this, end this now, and you can get back with your life. You've got to have sport. It's the most important thing to you. It's the most important thing to you, and you're going to be there no matter what. COVID-19 or not, you're going to be in that stand. You're going to be in that arena. You're going to be there. If there's still a pandemic going on and there's still a chance you could get COVID-19 and you know that there's a Marshall game that day, you're going. Now, I don't think we're going to have a Marshall game if there's a really serious chance. But just to illustrate my point, you're ready to go. You want to go. You want to be there. But maybe not everybody's coming back anytime soon. Maybe that's going to be a big hit for all institutions, not just Marshall. 
because you get a lot of people who lost their jobs. You get a lot of people who are furloughed. You get a lot of people who are now reduced hours. And for those of you who are fortunate to still have your job, I mean, I think you probably feel the same way I do. You feel fortunate. You feel blessed. You feel thankful. You truly feel thankful. I mean, I come in here every day, and I feel thankful. I don't know what I'm going to say when I crack this microphone. It's only part of my job. But I come in here, I'm thankful that I still have this opportunity. I'm thankful that I got a, a normal routine of sorts. And I know some of you don't have that normal routine, and, and I do understand, I do feel for you. And, and that's going to translate down the road because are you going to spend the money to go to a football game? We can sit back and watch it on, on TV. Are you going to spend the money to go in person? Are you going to take that chance? Are you going to go tailgate? Are you Are going to take that chance? You're going to go where somebody can be sick and you don't know it, and all of a sudden we've got a new outbreak because everybody went to a football game. I mean, you want to look at a country that got impacted by sport and illness? Look at some soccer matches. Look at a couple of soccer matches and Italy. Big, big reason why it happened so fast because so many people were exposed to it all at once and it just spread. So you're going to see what happens with Conference USA. I mean, do you take less teams? And if you're looking at the championships, all of a sudden, do you have, and basketball, do you have everybody except the bottom two go? Do you cut that down? Do you maybe just take the top eight? You got to be in the top eight to get to the tournament. Eight, four, two. There you go. Three days. Eight teams travel instead of 12. Eight, four, and two. That's it. That's all you need. Eight teams. Will football be played at a neutral location for a championship game? Is that going to happen? I mean, same thing with the Olympic sports. How many schools do you take? Do you take in the Olympic sports? Do you take eight? Do you take four? I mean, how many do you take? And what's the savings going to be? How much of a savings is it going to be for the league? How much of a savings is it going to be for institutions? I mean, if you are looking at getting into the Conference USA Basketball Tournament and you're the 12th seed, let's be honest, are you really going to win the tournament? It would be an amazing story if you did, but are you going to win the tournament? More than likely, no. I'm going to bet against you. And so the athletic department's got to put out the extra money to get the team to the tournament. It's an added expense. And do we need the 12th seed? Do we need a 12th team at the Conference USA Tournament? Do we need 10 teams? Do we need eight? What do we need to pull this thing off? Because let's be honest. If you're the 9 seed, eh, maybe. 10 seed, I don't know. 11 seed, probably not. 12 seed, eh, definitely not. You're not going to win the thing. And I understand why you want to participate. You want to give everybody the opportunity because the great thing about basketball is you never know. And it could happen. But at the same time, we're looking at finances now. And I don't have any added insight here. I'm just, this is what's just coming to top of mind for me. I know these are probably conversations that are already being had. These are conversations that are continuing. And these are conversations that will go on. Because you've got athletic directors that have got to weigh several items. They've got to make sure that the revenues can come in to make sure that we can fund all these things we like. 
and they've got to balance the student-athlete portion of this. They've got to balance that. And do you send a team that barely qualified for the postseason and basketball to the tournament? I think you can get away with saying no. But we haven't got to that point yet. We'll see what happens. Maybe things are going to rebound quite nicely, and we're going to sit back and laugh at this in a few weeks, a few months, a few years from now. You remember that time? I hope we get to that point. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It is the Friday, April 3rd edition. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we've been talking about the future of sports, college level. We're going to see programs cut sports and Old Dominion University. They announced that they're going to discontinue wrestling effective immediately. Now, if you are enrolled, your current student, you're going to retain your scholarship through the completion of the fourth academic year if they remain at ODU. So what they're saying is, hey, if you're enrolled, you're a current member of the team, you're going to get your scholarship through the fourth academic year, your fourth academic year. So that's good. Totally didn't get hosed. Hosed a little bit, but not all the way. And per NCAA rules, the students can be immediately eligible if they transfer to another institution under these circumstances. The students that sign national letters of intent for the 2020-21 year will retain scholarships for the upcoming year if they enroll at Old Dominion. So not all is lost. You're not out in the cold completely. Now, the good news, Old Dominion reaching out to each of the students impacted. They're going to help with the transition There are 32 students in the program, seven of which are seniors, so the seniors will be taken care of easily. Maybe they can transfer, maybe not, but they didn't do this as a gut reaction. This isn't a COVID-19 thing. It's partly due to a decision that they came about by looking at a six-month survey that they conducted. Study of the athletic programs. It was by an outside consultant, and they basically looked at this and pretty much said, okay, this has got to go. And it's estimated that athletics will have an expense savings of approximately a million dollars. So, Old Dominion, they're going to save a million dollars for some programs, like in Ohio State, a million dollars. You'd like to have it, but you know, you got that covered. You, You can have that. Program like Old Dominion, you're spending a lot on your athletic program and a million dollars on the wrestling team. I don't know. I don't know if uh, that's going to be a sport that's really going to be missed. And I'm not saying I don't like wrestling. What I'm saying is it's not going to be a revenue generator for you. Let's be honest. It's not going to generate revenue for you. Maybe it will somewhere. Some places, women's basketball is a bigger draw than men's basketball. That's fair. Some places, hockey is a big draw. Some places, basketball-only schools. They don't have football. They're basketball-only schools, and that's paying the bill for them. And you look at some of these Olympic sports, they're not putting the bill. They're not footing the bill. 
is that a reason to get rid of them? And I would say no. To be honest, that's not a reason to get rid of the sport. Because if that's the case, then a lot of these sports are not going to be self-sustaining. But it's the opportunity. I mean, that's the thing. You're offering these as an opportunity. It's for the student athletic experience. And you look at the sports that Old Dominion offers. Here's what they offer. They offer, minus wrestling now, they offer basketball for both men's and women's. On the men's side, they offer baseball, football, golf, soccer, sailing, swimming and diving, and tennis. On the women's side, they offer field hockey, golf, lacrosse, rowing, soccer, sailing, swimming, and diving. So they offer a pretty diverse mix of sports. Field hockey. I'd love to see Marshall have a field hockey team. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't know that's going to happen ever, but you know what? I would love to see Marshall have a field hockey team, men's or women's. I mean, lacrosse, field hockey, I, I don't care. Give, that would be cool. I would love to see that. Lacrosse, I mean, that would be cool too. Field hockey, definitely. I would love to see all of that. Uh, swimming and diving, obviously, you know, that's going to be a pretty big deal. You, you want to keep that if, if you're trying to cut sports. But you look at, again, the sports that they offer. And, oh, I forgot. I didn't mention this. Uh, tennis and volleyball. I am I'm, I'm completely overlooked that for women's teams at Old Dominion. Tennis and volleyball. They offer men's and women's tennis. And that's something I'd love to see at Marshall. Men's and women's tennis. I think that would be fantastic to see that. And volleyball, of course. I mean, you look at the sports. You look at you know, each school is going to be different, but you just you go down the list and you think, okay, what are you cutting? If you got to save some money, what are you cutting? And you know, wrestling kind of took a hit here. I'm just for curiosity, and I hate to see any anybody you know lose their their, their sport. I hate to see that. They were ten and nine overall. Let's look at the let's look at their schedule. They traveled to Charleston, South Carolina. They played in Troy, New York, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, that's not a bad trip. Annapolis, Maryland, that's not a bad trip. Fairfax, Virginia, okay, that's not a bad trip. Edwardsville, Indiana. I'm sorry, Illinois. I apologize. Uh, Edwardsville, Illinois. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, you're going to Florida. Yeah. Uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hampton, Virginia. Pennsylvania, they went. I mean, they, not a terrible. It's it's not a, a necessarily a terrible schedule. And, of course, at the MAC Championship. You know why? Because Conference USA doesn't offer wrestling. That's the thing. Conference USA doesn't offer wrestling. So, you know, they got to be at MAC school. That's why you see Kentucky in Conference USA, not because of anything other than the SEC doesn't offer soccer, Kentucky has soccer, Kentucky is playing in Conference USA. And I think soccer has become a signature sport. You can actually probably make a little penny off of soccer. I think you can do that. The way it's growing, soccer could be, I'm not saying it's going to be a football-level revenue sport here, but it, it could attract a few people, and you could put some more fans in the stands. I think, really, if you look at this survey from Old Dominion and the outside research, they do this because 
they're saving a million dollars. Wrestling isn't probably giving them enough pop. I don't know the ultimate reason why they would just make that decision with the survey, with the research, saying, look, this is where you can save some money. This is really maybe the popularity is not there. Maybe it costs too much. You're not getting anything really out of it. Plus, you can say, look, we're going to be in line. We're in Conference USA. We're going to be more in line with what Conference USA offers. There's not really much revenue for it. It's not a sport that is attracting a lot of people. Who knows? Who knows what the reasons are? But they're going to start saving money. And I don't know if other institutions are going to start doing that a little bit more. Maybe trim a little bit. Try to see where, okay, where can you cut? And I hope that doesn't happen at Marshall. I'd like to see Marshall retain. I'd like to see Marshall add. And I don't think that's going to be in the cards anytime soon. But that's my hope, that Marshall could add sports down the line. And that means more revenues coming in. And that means they can do it. Because right now, Marshall offers baseball, basketball, cross-country, football, golf, and soccer on the men's side. On the women's side, basketball, cross-country, golf, soccer, softball. Softball is a big one. Swimming and diving, tennis, track and field, and volleyball. And I'm looking at these right now. I don't know where you cut. I don't see where you can cut because I think top to bottom, volleyball is popular. you got to have track and field. I mean, you build a brand-new indoor facility with a, a, a major track component to it. Track and field is not going anywhere. Tennis, I think you – can retain that. There's a big enough interest for it. Swimming and diving, I mean, you've got the facility. Softball's huge. Soccer, soccer is the future. Golf, I don't think, yeah, I see, I don't know where you cut. It isn't like looking at wrestling and going, okay, we can save a million dollars here. Maybe there's not enough people coming here to see this. You know, I hate to lose out on the opportunity, but at the same time, we're going to save a million dollars. Not that decision. And on the men's side, you're not cutting soccer. You build that beautiful facility. You're not cutting soccer. Golf, you got to keep. And that leaves you football, baseball, basketball. you got to have these. You, you cross country. I just don't know where you can cut. And so, thankfully, just by looking at that off the top of my head, going, okay, where do you cut? I don't see anything. I'm not privy to the conversations, mind you. But I don't see where you can cut. Old Dominion, it looks like they had a lot more opportunity to maybe trim back a little bit and save on what they're spending and it seems that wrestling took the hit again not a COVID-19 thing but if you're trying to save money now's not a bad time to make that decision unfortunately you don't like to see it happen but at the same time they're not going to be bringing in much revenue they're trying to figure out how to survive we are going to wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM AM 930 Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Been a good show so far. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. We're going to be busy next week, I hope. We're going to try to keep you updated on what's happening as far as the status of everything at Marshall. At the same time, we'll keep you updated on everything that's happening in the world of sports. And, of course, no rules right now. We will try to figure out what we do in these three days that we have here. Watch a little 2K tonight on ESPN. Check that out. See if that's worth watching long term. 
back tomorrow on Saturday for Hoppy Kirchhoff. Don't forget that. He'll have an update on everything that's happening in the state of West Virginia. That's going to be between 10 and noon on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm here on Monday. Talk to you then. You can find me on social media at Paul Swan. Until Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. And wash your hands. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.